BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Ah! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN, the sports betting network. Let's have a show as we've got four playoff baseball games coming up again today. First pitch in about seven and a half minutes down at the Trop. We'll get to that in just a bit. It's a busy day as we welcome you in. I'm Patrick Maher, of course, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. Just a couple of things. We're about to go on a stretch now of 50 straight days with football. Okay, so you should know Jacksonville State, Middle Tennessee State coming up tonight. Remember an underplay from Adam Burke yesterday. FIU, New Mexico State got a write up over at VEASAN.com. What else do you need to know as we kind of set the table today for the three hours? Preseason hockey tonight. However, you've got the regular season kicking off next Tuesday, October 10th. Remember, NHL guide dropped last week. You can go pick that up. The NBA preseason starts tomorrow. What do you get? You get the NBA preseason guide and not necessarily just the preseason guide, but the betting guide for the whole entire season. NBA drops tomorrow here. VEASAN.com. Remember, regular season for the association, Tuesday, October 24th. What else is going on? You've got champions. I know Amal Shaw probably involved Champions League qualifiers going. You've got the championship in England. You've got a full slate of MLS. You've got Thursday night football with week five kicking off tomorrow. (laughs) It's the time of year, boys. What's up? <laughs> What's much, going on? Not much. It's a full plate. It's absolutely fantastic. You mentioned. How about we- that? How about that, Amal? <laughs> I it love just it. took me like 20 <laughs> minutes. And the soccer, I could have kept going about the soccer, but that's not bad, that little menu we've got in front of us, no? Oh, it's fantastic. I was actually thinking about that yesterday. I said, I wish we'd talk more soccer, but then Swedelson would probably pull our mics, so that's why we don't. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the reality of it is it's great, right? we got Champions League going on. You mentioned English Championship League as well, but more importantly, baseball playoffs, we talked about the unders yesterday, first two games cash easily. That's why the in play is such an advantage sometimes, guys. Uh, Diamondbacks could have gotten as high as 11.5 on that total if you wanted to go with an under. Could have middled the game all the way around yesterday. Great opportunities in that one. Milwaukee's pitching staff struggled a little bit, but should be a ton of fun to get into these games today. 
Yep, you said it. Unders three and one on the four yesterday. Sharp Money gave out two unders, four nothing as far as the Rangers over the Rays in game one. And then we also gave out the under uh, three one winner for the Twinkies at home there in Minnesota. They snapped, what was it, a 17 18 game losing streak in the postseason. The big guy, Dustin Sweetelson, he is present for today's show. Boys, let's do this as we say hi to you, Dustin. Anything you want to get on the map as we say hello. And then let's hurry up and get into a cat as you've got Avaldi, who doesn't look right against Athlin, a win and stay home for Tampa if they end up losing that one. What's up, big guy? Yeah, so I'm going to be on the team total over for the Rays in this one. I don't think Nathan Avaldi's healthy. He has not looked right since they rushed him back from the injured list late in the season. Finished the season really ugly, a 9-3-0 ERA in September. Uh, this team doesn't have a good bullpen, and it's, uh, as you mentioned, lose and the season's over for Tampa Bay. I think the bats come alive. They get some runs. And also the Rangers don't have a good bullpen. They have one of the worst bullpens in this postseason right now. So there's opportunities later in the game to add more runs on. Going over four and a half runs for Tampa Bay. I know the unders were hot yesterday, but it's game two. It's not always the best pitchers going today. And I don't think Nate Evaldi's right. Yeah, big guy, I'm right there with you. And sorry, Amal, just quickly. He came back from that forearm injury early September. He came back early, boys. Uh, Last time out against the Mariners, he allowed seven runs. And and again, a a lot of it has to do with the Grom. It has to do with Scherzer and also Gray with the injuries. So I think they brought Evaldi back early. Eflin, who's been great at the trop, I think they've got a big pitching advantage, far superior, more comfortable at home, better bullpen. I do like the $1.43 on Eflin in the Rays, and I think he'd go first five as well. Them all. Yeah, I would agree with you guys there on this Tampa spot. Good spot for them. This has been a team that's really been dominant at home. Struggled yesterday, but more importantly, Evaldi, 20 uh, in a third innings pitch, 21 earned runs during that stretch since coming back off the shelf, guys. He has really struggled. I just want to go back to Dustin's play on the over four and a half. If you like that play, I would definitely look at the raise on the price or the run line because the one thing that does concern me a little bit, guys, I don't think Evaldi's going to have much rope here. Remember, even though the Rangers won game one, you still got to win one out of two, and you don't want to put yourself in a situation where it's all in tomorrow so just be cautious on that a little bit I think Tampa does bounce back offensively in a big way any pitcher though really struggling outside of Corbin Burns and for some reason Tyler Glass now pitching into the six yesterday which is inexplicable to me I would expect most guys to be on a short leash how about Montgomery yesterday oh. Uh, seven brilliant innings there at the chop. That guy just out of nowhere, trade deadline for the Rangers. They needed him. They got him. And he delivered yesterday in a huge spot. Now, the question will be, I'm guessing we're going to have more than 19,704 fans at the Trop today. I would hope so. (laughs) It's almost at this point, it's piling on to blame those down in St. Pete for not going. But that was the lowest attendance as far as a postseason game in Major League Baseball since 1919. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, come on, boys. Since so 1919. So 19,704. Yeah, the look on your face says it all. Oh, hold on, hold on. In, in yeah. fairness to the people of St. Pete and Tampa, it is still a playoff baseball game in the middle of the workday on a Tuesday. It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You, you got to leave work at what, like noon to get there? Like, come on. Let's just be real here. Most people that are working in a cubicle out of eight hours in a day, probably about three hours are productive. <laughs> they could have left two hours early. It would have been fine. It, it, it's just fascinating because it's, been, it's a team now that's been good for a really long time. <laughs> like when, when we were going up, they were the devil race. They weren't yeah. very good. 
They, but now this has been a team that's been consistent. Uh, the front office with their analytics and just the way they develop players has been, including Eflin, just a, a great a great example, Dustin, well, there with Eflin today. Well, he's shout out to Paul Sorrento. That's the first Tampa Bay Devil Ray I think of. Uh, Wade Boggs, maybe. <laughs> little Wade Boggs for you. I think it's Jeff Conine. Am I wrong? No, that's yeah, Marlins. Marlins. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, Marlins. Ben, ben yeah, Grieve yeah. Gre- Gre- is yeah. a Paul. Ben oh, Grieve won Rookie one. of the Year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, so your point about Zeflin, or, or Zeflin, <laughs> I made it one. It, it makes sense. Name. It makes um, sense. That's a nickname. He has a very it low. It makes wa- sense. Yeah. <laughs> very low walk rate. He has a good ground ball rate, good chase rate. And, you know, he got off to that hard, hot start, 3.25 ERA in the first half. He wasn't terrible in the second half either, 3.82 in the second half. He set a career high this year. Innings pitched, ERA, FIP, walks per nine, and war. I mean, th- this guy was a perfect example of what the Tampa Bay Rays do. They go get a guy who's probably a middle-to-back-end guy for the Phillies, and they turn him into a front-line guy. Yeah, I, he's been tremendous. And the second game up, do you guys want to just touch on it quickly here? Because I, I'm sorry, and I know you both have been high on Toronto and Berrios. Sonny Gray, th- this is a distinct advantage. And even if he doesn't go deep for Minnesota today, I, I think they've got a clear edge, middle relief, back end as well with Durant. Like this is, to me, I'm sorry, yesterday was the day with Gosman on the bump them all that Toronto needed to rip. I think this is Minnesota's game to take today with Gray, a big-time advantage on the bump. And we give so much credit to Philly and the fans. Dustin and I were talking earlier today. How about the Twinkies and the fans showing up there at Target, whatever they call it, Target Park? That place was lit yesterday. It was awesome. Well, listen, it doesn't surprise me. you got great fans up there uh, in the land of 10,000 lakes. But more importantly, to your point, Patrick, Sonny Gray, what a huge advantage here. You see it reflected in the price. And you mentioned it. They missed their opportunity with Gosman, Dustin. I thought that was one you have to seize if you're the Toronto Blue Jays. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunities during the game as well. Uh, it was <laughs> Royce Lewis. Who had Royce Lewis beating the Toronto Blue Jays yesterday? Single-handedly, two homers, three runs driven in. Uh, If you are Toronto, and generally, obviously, you want to score first in any sport, but I feel like today it is much more important for the Blue Jays to be the team that gets across first before the Twins do, or this thing could be over. Big guy? The uh, Toronto Blue Jays are a mentally soft team. They just don't have it, and they might be stupid. I hate to throw that word around, but they're kind of dumb. I'm done backing them. I have a lot of future liability on them. I am going and hedging that with a minus 148 on the Twins. By the way, the market's going against us there. The market has moved that down since I bet it last night at 148 to about 140, 142. So... I just think Minnesota's in a spot here. One, they know Barrios. Barrios was with them for a while. There's a reason why they didn't give him a long-term deal. They know he's not the guy that he's actually been this year. He's been a fairly decent pitcher so far this season for Toronto, but overall, he used to be a guy that was terrible on the road, and that's where I think Sonny Gray has a massive advantage. He's going to finish in the top two or three in the Cy Young voting at the end of the year. Sonny Gray, in 10 of his last 13 starts, has given up two runs or less. Also, better during the day than at night. That's a weird thing for the playoffs, but some guys just are a 180 ERA during the day, 267 at night. Face Toronto, uh, one start versus them this year, five innings, one earned, five Ks. I mean, he is a stud frontline guy. This is what he's supposed to do. Put this team away. And I, I think if Toronto gets down early, it's over. I don't I don't know if they have the fight. But I'll just piggyback off of what Amal said. I'll just stretch it out and extrapolate Gray. Final seven regular season starts, seven earned runs over 41 innings. The ground ball rate is exceptional. 
I'm sorry. He's got a big edge. Listen, if we can find that dollar twenty-eight we're showing on the map right now, that's a bit of a stale number. I will take the dollar twenty-eight. It's up to buck forty-eight, uh, but we see the total also at seven and a half. I, I hate to I hate to be on both favorites. We were on two unders yesterday, boys, uh, but I do like Eflin and I do like the Twins. Right, listen, I agree with you on the Twinkies here, and t- t- Tampa's in a great spot. There's certain places you'll make a bet, like the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. It doesn't necessarily mean it'll win, but it's the right or prudent play, and I feel like it's the right one currently with the Tampa Bay Rays. Twins, not the same spot, but I still think the pitching advantage might be the best of the day when you look at all the pitching matchups throughout baseball in the games today. By the way, real quick, boy, you talk about the Rays missing Kevin Kiermeyer in center field. Manuel Margot getting the start today. Already misplays a ball in center field. Ball hit over his head. He didn't even know where he was until he hit the warning track, kind of got spun around. Seager's on second base right now. They do have two outs, and they should potentially be able to work out of it, but man, the defense is letting Tampa down so far in this series. It seems like that was an issue yesterday that yeah. you called out as it well, was. no? Oh, Jose Siri, the crucial error uh, allows uh, Marcus Simeon to score on a play that should have maybe been a blue pit, may not have been, but the reality of it is when you make these kinds of mistakes in the postseason, mentally, it's a lot more taxing than it is during the regular season. Which is an anomaly for the Rays, who yeah. are always sound defensively. All right, boys, great start. We've got two more baseball games to check on as well. Also, we've got a trade in football, kind of a big name on the move. It's a desperate Patriots team making a move. We'll get to that next. Tier Sharp Money. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
Okay, so I mentioned preseason hockey coming up tonight. You've got the season, regular season, kicking off next Tuesday. The NHL season, again, almost here. Make sure you check out the 2023 NHL betting guide team previews for all 32 teams. First period betting strategies, futures, props, and picks. We've got a new guy in town, Johnny Lazarus, who is a big-time contributor. Make sure you check it out. It's as low as 19 bucks right now, vcin.com slash subscribe. Again, that NHL betting guide out now. And tomorrow, we've got the NBA betting guide dropping. A lot of great work behind the scenes to help you kind of carry you ride shotgun throughout long NHL and NBA seasons. Make sure you check it out. We got you back here, Sharp Money. I'm Patrick Maher. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson at the D, Fremont Street, downtown Las Vegas. And we should take advantage. I saw the big guy prior to the show, not to be too forward or embarrass him, but he went back right behind him is what's called the long bar at the D. And it's a talented bar, if we're being honest. And the big guy went to grab some agua for Amal Shaw and himself. And I noticed he was trying to act cute with the young lady that was handing the waters over to him. And he came back and he said, you know, I got a little something for her. Uh, And I said, you have to, Amal, this is a clout situation. The big guy is sitting right in front of her while she works. And he's broadcasting on VSIN, a national platform, YouTube TV. We're all over the place. It's the biggest betting network on the planet. He's got to use his clout. He's got to ask her out. I'm sorry. I hate to embarrass the big guy here. I completely agree with you. I I don't understand what's the hesitation. I'm sorry. I guess I just want to ask all of them out is the issue. There's like four or five (laughs) that rotate, and I'd like to ask all them at over under i get yeses on one and a half i'm not going to answer that question yes i think you're going to get a definitive yes but listen here's the thing it's like the old wayne gretzky line you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take michael scott this is uh, this is something what i can promise you if you tune into sharp money here on visa every single day this story has yet to be written. Well, so no, we'll follow me. along. We'll follow along. Now, may I ask you before you jump in, the young lady that I saw you grab the waters from, was she looked like a wonderful person, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, she yeah, looked yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, um, Five star. As far as your rankings, is she up there? She's up there. Definitely. Okay. Partially, though, uh, n- not to be superficial because it's, it's less superficial. I need a little personality in there. I do like her because she was mean to me one time. <laughs> yes, you chugged a drink. You said the drink was delicious. And she said, what are you talking about? You didn't even taste it. Yeah. You pounded it. And yes. she was making fun of me. And I got to tell you, that goes a long way for me in my book. Also a game you can play at home. When we go to the solo shot with Reggie and Liz and the crew on the big guy, you can see the long bar also behind them all as well. Bar, you can see the long bar. Bar Canada. So, long bars downstairs. I, I, I apologize. Bar Canada. You can see Bar Canada behind the boys. So you can see if we can pick out the apple of Dustin <laughs> Sweetelson's eye. You know, Bill Belichick has an apple of his eye and it's a cornerback. His name is JC Jackson. The Patriots who are desperate at one and three, they host New Orleans, New Orleans struggle as well. Right now, the Pats are laying a point. They reacquire J.C. Jackson. So, this is fascinating. Four games into his second season with the Chargers, he played seven games in two years with the Chargers, just one interception. Remember, J.C. Jackson signed that over $82.5 million five-year deal before last year's season and just was an absolute disaster with the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, this was a necessity. I, I mentioned desperation from the Patriots 
Patriots here are sitting one and three. Everything's kind of fallen apart. Their best defensive player, Matthew Judon, he's out for two months. They just lost Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback they drafted in the first round out of Oregon. So they needed to make a move and they dip into familiar waters here, Amal Shaw, and grab JC Jackson back on that big contract. Yeah, no surprise there. Bill Belichick has always liked to recycle guys that he's had success with in the past. But there's an interesting article Charles Robinson had last night on Yahoo regarding whether the Patriots should look to push Bill Belichick out and how do you get rid of a legend. Uh, I'll tell you what, guys, this team is going nowhere fast. He's drafted one first round pick since 2012 that's made a Pro Bowl. Uh, You know, the reality of it is nobody wants to call him. They don't want to tell the king he has no clothes on, but at some point in time, they better. Yes, but that sunny disposition overrules. So if you're looking, if you know I mean, but so again, if you're looking to push somebody out, he comes to work with a buoyant step every day. So and just so kind yeah. to everybody involved. I, I, I don't know. It, it, I, I, we'll see. Their in-season win total still six and a half. I got to tell you guys. They're not good enough offensively to hang with a lot of teams in their schedule. They're de- they still haven't played Buffalo. That's two losses there. They're not beating the Bills. They just don't have that kind of fi- firepower. They still have to play Miami in Miami. They've got the Colts who, if Jonathan Taylor is back with the Colts and Anthony Richardson's running around back there, I like Indy's firepower better. Still have the Chargers. They go to the Steelers. Like, this is a team, six and a half feels like a high number for them right now. It was a team that started one and three a couple of years ago when they turned it around and made the postseason. He's been doing this for a long time. My assumption is he knows it's a slog. It's attrition getting through the 18 weeks. So I'm assuming the, the, the problem is, and we did it on Monday with our little experiment on quarterbacks. They don't have the quarterback of the future. Uh, it seems like he's losing favor within that fan base. And, you know, J.C. Jackson, who underperformed with Los Angeles, Los Angeles couldn't wait to get rid of him. So it's a tough spot. And by the way, so the Saints, I'm all, it's not like they're playing well. They just got blown out at home by a division rival. Yeah, a couple of things. I'd take it one step further. They don't have the quarterback of the present. Forget the, forget the future. I mean, to me, when yeah. you look at this team, right now they're going nowhere with Mac Jones but you mentioned they play New Orleans good opportunity if you're Buffalo I'm sorry if you're New England to be able to get a win against the Saints team it's not playing particularly well I thought a bad loss at home to the Buccaneers really had an opportunity to kind of seize the division and kind of establish themselves you look at the Patriots schedule uh they, I, you mentioned the Saints this week. Then the Jacoby Myers Bowl back right here at Allegiant Stadium. I, I don't think they're better than the Raiders. <laughs> well, the thing is, their defense is good enough, I think, to slow down the Raiders, and they'll be able to move the ball. Everybody can move the ball against the Raiders. That defense is just poor. Um, and then you mentioned at Buffalo and Miami to close out the month. But the Commanders are getting better. The Colts are better than we anticipated. Um, you know, the Giants are probably one flawed team that they have on the schedule. Uh, but other than that, not a lot of scenarios where you look and go, wow, easy, easy victories here for New England. And guys, I think we're watching Mac Jones' confidence disintegrate week by week as you watch the Patriots play. This is one of four games before the season started that the Patriots were favored to give you an idea of kind of the perspective coming into the season. They're coming off the worst loss of Belichick's career, you know, humiliated 38 to three in Dallas. They've been ravaged defensively by injuries. You look at the total. I'm guessing it's right around. Is it still 39 ish? I I would point to an under with two off two offensive teams that are struggling here. Yeah, I mean, I like unders with the Saints outside of the dome. And this offense can't string together a lot of drives for New England. Uh, Yesterday, I want to play this clip for you because 
Bill O'Brien, the OC for the Pats, met with the media and he was talking about Mac Jones. This is what he had to say about Mac. Yeah, Mac's a, Mac's a battler. He's a he's a competitor, and um, you know when you when you play quarterback in this league, you, you know you have to limit the mistakes and you have to limit you know the bad games that you have. Obviously, you know, and we're all in it together. Uh, we've got to do a better job of coaching up some things with him a little bit better. He's got to do a better job of making good decisions for us. He knows that. Uh, he 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 takes a lot of ownership. He. Um, you guys saw that, I think, after the game. You know, he, he blames himself. The, the game wasn't lost because of one guy. Uh, the game, you know, was lost on our part because of how, you know, how poorly we played and coached in the game. And so, you know, uh, Mac, Mac is he's here today. He's working very hard to, to get back on the right track. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of belief in Mac. Yeah, Mac Jones wasn't good against Dallas, and I agree with him all. He's not the future. He's probably not the present. But that roster is bottom third, and Belichick is completely responsible for the comp- uh, for com- uh, composing that roster. It's not a good roster. It, it's skill position wise, they're terrible. And Stevenson's taken a step back. You're a thousand percent right, and I think in, in terms of Ramondre Stevenson, the offensive line play hasn't been great. The, the, there's no threat in the passing game, which in turn affects that running game. Bill as Belichick well. hates receivers. Well, I was just getting ready to say, you know what? He's got a similar problem that the Kansas City Chiefs have, which is they think that because you have Patrick Mahomes and had Tom Brady, you can just plug and play anybody at the wide receiver position. Well, you know what? When you have Randy Moss, you have 2007, and that's the difference. Look at Justin Jefferson. Guys, think for a second if you took Justin Jefferson off the Minnesota Vikings. Where the hell is that football team? And there's value in these guys. They drafted Nikhil Harry. Didn't work out, but you mentioned it, Patrick. They just have not drafted well, and I don't know if it's the New England media. I understand it's a tough job to cover the Patriots beat. You know, you see guys like Mike Reese asking questions, and and just the response, I, I can appreciate you not wanting to give out information, but there's a way in which you can do it where you're not as abrasive and as difficult to deal with. It's not a fun environment for anybody. If you're sitting there, you're just absolutely just difficult in every press conference. And random picks as well. Just for some reason, Sony Michelle at the back end of the first round. Yeah. Oh, no, he lo- he just randomly drafted a running back, yeah. but it wasn't even really a position of need. Well, remember, they had like a logjam. James White, White Shane yeah. Vereen, Brock's brother, actually. Brock's coming up next. Uh, yeah, he. Th- th- things are getting gross in New England. I'm They're getting weird. If he was fired, how many teams would pick up Bill Belichick tomorrow? A lot. It's, it's, get, it's getting weird. Brock Vereen, you just mentioned, Big Ten Network analyst, CBS Sports, both NFL and college next. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Stop betting in the dark. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app right now. Visit hofbets.com and use the code WINNER. And when you do, you get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. Okay, we got you back here, Sean. Money Major League Baseball playoffs underway right now at the Trop. I'm Patrick Maher, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. This, our next guest, we had him on, I guess it was a few weeks, maybe a little over a month ago, and he's a freaking superstar. We couldn't wait to get him back. Brock Vereen, Big Ten Network analyst, of course, CBS Sports, 
that other pregame show where I think it was on that show. He was flexing a little bit on CBS Sports, of course, Sundays with our buddy Shine, 8 a.m. to noon. I think Brock was flexing. Did you start the season going 12 and 0 with your picks? I did start 12 and 0. Um, a lot of people were surprised. I wasn't. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting to lose. It's it's just another day at the office, if you ask me. Brock, you should have you should have gone George Costanza and said, I choose not to make any more picks. <laughs> just go on top. I love it. Shut it. Shut it down. Retire. We we were had a little fun with the quarterback position, Brock, and we want to talk about what's happening in Atlanta. But let's talk about New England. So J.C. Jackson, they traded and reacquired the cornerback. Of course, Judon goes down. The rookie Christian Gonzalez goes down. It's a desperate one and three team. And the question is, do they have the answer at quarterback? Mac is falling out of favor with the Patriot fans right now, Mr. Jones. He has, and I still don't hold any of it against him. I, I, I understand what it looks like, but at quarterback more than any other position, the second year, if you play as a rookie, which he did, is the most important year, and they ruined him. I, I mean – that that is the most important season coming off of success. I mean, it's 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 a situation where we forget at the end of his rookie season, he was far and away the best rookie quarterback of that year. So to blink and this is what we have now. Last year, I mean, he even had to reach out to his old coaches at the University of Alabama to say, "Hey guys, I'm not getting any coaching here. I'm losing it. What is going on?" So. Whether he is the guy, whether Zappi's the guy, I know that they said technically Mac will be the guy going forward. We'll see if there's a rotation situation. If these if these are the final days of Mac Jones as the starting quarterback in New England, New England has no one to blame but themselves for setting him up for failure last season. Brock, let's expand on that a little bit. As a former player, tell me what the thought process is like when the emperor decides to make Matt Patricia the offensive coordinator. Everybody's afraid to go at Kim Jong-un and tell him that he's wrong. So how do you assess the situation if you're a Patriot player and what's going on in that locker room? What Bill Belichick has is cash in the bank, literally, and also (laughs) figuratively in the way that he can do whatever he wants because he has so many rings and so much success to prove it. I would argue if any other coach in the NFL, other than maybe Tomlin and Harbaugh and Shanahan, anyone else tried to do the stuff that New England has tried to get away with in these past two years, there'd be a lot of yelling and screaming coming from GM and ownership. Kraft gives Belichick free reign. There is no GM. Belichick is the GM. He does whatever he wants, and there's nobody there except for Kraft to call it out. And if you're Robert Kraft, you think, why would I call it out? He's done crazy things before, and it's been successful. What we're seeing now is a guy who has earned every right to have free reign over his franchise, but this is what happens when he makes decisions that don't work out. Brock Vereen, yeah, he's got success equity. He is 71 years old. You mentioned Tomlin. Tomlin's a favorite Brock of betters because, you know, whether or not, of course, you know, he's never lost, had a losing season in all his years. Pittsburgh just went to Houston and got embarrassed. He turned around. He's like, the boys are going to be practicing in pads on Wednesday this week. Like, what is it about Tomlin? I know you didn't play for him, but I'm sure you know people that know the dude. Like, what is it about Tomlin? And they've got Baltimore coming to town. Baltimore's lane four this week. Do you expect a bounce back for the Steelers? 
Tomlin is the man. And while I never played for him during the pre-draft process, uh, Pittsburgh was one of my visits, sat and hung with him for a day. And I, I actually grew up a, a, a Steelers fan. So once I got over that, I thought, man, it would be awesome to play for this guy. And that's that's what he has. That's why he's been there forever. That's why he'll be there until he decides he doesn't want to coach anymore. He he he's a guy that every player says, I would get a beer with this guy. I would go on vacation with this guy and his family. He, he's he's just when 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 times are hard, it's so easy to look at your coach and say, that guy's got my back. I have his back. We're going to figure this out. And just like the Belichick conversation, when there's a track record of Tomlin figuring it out, granted, not as many championships, but he's going to figure it out. And whether that means heads rolling on the offensive side of the football, so be it. They know that the AFC North with the Bengals in the state that they're in, the Ravens really banked up and Cleveland incredible defense, obviously offensively need to figure some things out. The health of Deshaun is another thing. It's wide open and it was expected to be the toughest division in all of football this year up there with the AFC East. That's not the case. So Tomlin is saying it's go time. We can make the playoffs because the AFC North is in a weird place, but that only happens if we figure out Kenny Pickett and this offense immediately. Brock, a guy who did not get your great genes and looking young, Arthur Smith, has got a quarterback that's going to age him even more than he already looks. Tell us what you do if you're the Atlanta Falcons. I don't know, man. He has that uh, mustache going for him. I, I, he has this all be right now. What I went into last week saying, okay, here's a Jacksonville defense that just got torched by C.J. Stroud. Now, granted, at the time, we didn't realize how good C.J. Stroud actually is. But the point is, you cannot go into that game and not only lose, but struggle offensively. Jacksonville's defense is not a good defense. Similar situation to the Tomlin conversation in the AFC North. The NFC South is wide open. Carolina can't block for anyone the saints look like a mess Derek carr is going to fight through this injury which honestly might make them worse tampa bay is there but no one's entering a game versus tampa bay scared right so i i feel they're in a situation that they should be panicking we have dudes offensively we have dudes defensively it's not a schematic thing it's not a youth versus vet thing it's just the quarterback that is the only position that can right the ship Desmond Ritter, he's playing conservatively, but he's also playing conservatively and making mistakes, right? You can you you can be hesitant to take shots as long as you don't turn the ball over, but he's turning the ball over. I don't know how much longer they can hold off Heineke, but they are doing their team a disservice when they should be primed to win the NFC South until they figure out the quarterback position. It's not going to be a possibility. Brock Vereen, as always, killing it here. Sharp money. Speaking of quarterbacks, look, I know Jones was bad on Monday night, but your boy Brian Dayball showing him up on national TV like it felt to me like Dayball was using was kind of hiding behind Daniel Jones when that roster isn't very good. The offensive line is a sieve, Brock. Like I know Jones wasn't great in the game, obviously, but that's not all on him. The 24-3 loss to the Seahawks. I don't care if Tom Brady was playing in that game. If you given up, what was it, 11, 11 sacks, right? Yeah. yeah. It, yes. it doesn't matter who is back there. It, it it does not matter who is playing quarterback when when your starting center, who may be your best offensive lineman right now, and he's a rookie, 
right? If 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 that doesn't say enough about about the state of this offensive line, I don't know what does. Did Daniel Jones panic? Absolutely. Would you panic if your offense gave up eleven sacks? Absolutely. I, I I don't know what you want him to do. And as far as Dable, you can get red faced and criticize and toss the iPad at him and curse under your breath all you want. You just gave him a hundred something million dollars. He ain't yes. going anywhere. So you may as well figure it out. You're absolutely right about that. When you look at this team right now, they're in a little bit of disarray. Which one of the young teams and quarterbacks right now besides C.J. Stroud has really impressed you? Anthony Richardson, he's been running the ball, but has he been effective enough as a thrower for you to sit there and say, hey, I believe? What Anth- Okay, so I believe in Anthony Richardson if we were playing Madden and the injury <laughs> sliders could be set to zero, right? Like he, he is the best athlete on the field. He's, I mean, outside of defensive linemen, he's usually the biggest guy on the field. It, it's, it's just, it's not sustainable. So I guess it's kind of a backdoor way to answer your question. He has impressed me the most outside of C.J. Stroud. But at the same time, I'm asking him to immediately change the way that he's playing football. Show us that you have an arm, because as fun as it is to watch him run and lower the boom on these guys, this is not the SEC. You will continue to be hurt for the remainder of the year if you do not stay in that pocket. All right. When we come back, Brock's going to stay in the closet for one more segment for us. Big Ten Network analyst, CBS Sports, that other pregame show. It's a very good show. I encourage you all to check it out. CBS Sports Network. Thank you. 8 a.m. to noon on Sundays. However, we're going to row the boat, okay, (laughs) Mr. Minnesota, when we come back. Ohio State's got a big one with Maryland coming to town. And more as we continue. Sharp Money. It's VSIN, the sports betting network. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge, Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, you bring Brock Vereen on for football talk. You stay for the royal gossip. Hey, <laughs> don't forget DraftKings Sportsbook this season. New customers can bet $5 in pocket, $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code SHARP, S-H-A-R-P, when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. I mentioned Brock Vereen. Great job. Big Ten Network analyst, CBS Sports. That other pregame show on CBS Sports Network on Sundays, 8 a.m. to noon. Shine and the crew do a great job with that. You can find Brock on Twitter at Brock Vereen. We're going to jump into some uh, football, and you were going nuts about Louisville during the break, so let's discuss. And I'm going to ask a bit of a long-winded question because as betters, we always look for situations. So as a player, please help me understand the spot that Notre Dame's in. They lose a heartbreaker at home, national TV, under the lights there, South Bend. They go to Duke. They win a heartbreaker. And then, it shouldn't call it a heartbreaker. You understand what I'm saying. They win in the last yeah. seconds. Now they travel to Louisville, who's got a ton of speed, as you mentioned, and Notre Dame's laying six. Like, is it emotionally hard to keep getting up for a spot like this if you're Notre Dame? And I know you love Louisville in this spot. It is. It's it's so taxing when every single game that you play always comes down to the final moments right now. Other than Ohio State, they've been on the right side of those moments, but it does weigh on you. And as the game ticks on, you kind of have that thought in the back of your head of here we go again, especially with the embarrassing way that they lose to Ohio State uh, with only having 10 guys on the field. I'm taking Louisville. And it honestly doesn't even have anything to do with how how tightly uh, Duke played Notre Dame. Louisville is the fastest team I've ever seen in person. I called the Indiana versus Louisville game at Lucas Oil Stadium. And on tape, you thought, OK, that, that, that's a really fast team. And when you were talking to the Louisville coaches, they kept mentioning speed, speed, speed. You're like, OK, yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty excited. From the very first play, like they, they are just faster than everyone else. And yes, defensively, they got some funky things going on. Sometimes they get exposed. They're not the biggest group. Notre Dame's probably going to keep the game between the, the uh, tackles. But offensively, th- th- there's nothing you can do for speed, right? Fast is fast. You can't prepare for it. You can't get better at it. You either have it or you don't. This is the fastest team. I've ever seen they can strike from anywhere. Jawar Jordan and Jamari Thrash are two names that the entire country will know by Saturday night. Should so be. just to follow up, you think Louisville could beat Notre Dame outright, correct? I think they beat them outright. Yes. Awesome. Great. Go ahead, Amal. No, love the call there. Want to go to one of the best rivalries in college football, the Red River in Dallas between Oklahoma and Texas. Once again, two teams ranked. And Brock, this is going to be a crucial game, what appears to be going towards the college football playoff. Tell me what you like or who you like in this particular matchup. And Oklahoma hasn't been challenged the way Texas has so far, but I don't know if you've seen the Sooners and what your thoughts are on them. Oklahoma's in such a weird place because for a, a far and wide blue blood program who has a superstar of a head coach in his second year, who has a superstar quarterback. Like, nobody knows anything about them, right? Like If you took 100 random college football fans who watch college football every single Saturday, 
I would say 40 of them couldn't tell you a single thing about this Oklahoma team. They play really good defense, and that was the focus of this year. Brent Venables, the longtime defensive coordinator at Clemson, championships, all that. That was the focus, right? Last year, they were just throwing stuff at a wall, seeing what stuck. They went into the portal. They won in the portal, and that defense is flying around. Now, you you have to lean Texas because they are so battle-tested. Quinn Ewers is he's as advertised. I know he was off to a slow start, but him and Sarkeesian have figured something out. I'm not as blown away by their wide receivers. I, I feel Quinn Ewers makes them look great. And without him, they're really, really good. Um, that's not to say that they won't be great in this game. It's going to be a very fun one to watch. Again, I have to lean Texas just because they are more battle tested. But this Oklahoma team is headed in the right direction. The winner of this goes to the college football playoff. It may not be Oklahoma this year, but it could be them next year. Great breakdown. We can, of course, see Brock on Big Ten Network as an analyst. So let's talk about the Big Ten. Let's talk about a school you're familiar with, Minnesota. So here comes Michigan. Just give me an idea. It doesn't feel like your boy PJ quite trusts the quarterback at this point. The offense struggling to be kind. But here comes Michigan. Michigan's laying 19 and a half at Minnesota, Brock. The P.J. Fleck era of football in in Minnesota can be defined as being conservative offensively and playing great defense. The problem is this year, really just the past three weeks, Minnesota has not played with their top 10 defense. Defensive coordinator Joe Rossi, as long as he's been there, Minnesota has a top 10 defense foregone conclusion. So the offense can say, hey, let's get 17 points because our defense is going to get four interceptions and five sacks, right? That's not the case this year. The defense is young. They'll get back to that level next year, but you got a lot of sophomores running around still learning. So if Minnesota is going to win this game, they have to buck the P.J. Fleck trend of playing conservative because no one is going to win the time of possession game against Michigan's rush defense and Michigan's ability to run the football. You have to trust Ethan in this game. If you are going to win this game, you have to let him chuck it. They are not going to have success on the ground, especially if superstar freshman Darius Taylor uh, is not going to play, which he did not last week. Maybe it'll be different this week, but he still won't be 100% if he does. By the way, Mo Mo Ibrahim, where did you go? Boy, they need him. Um, People forgot how great he was there. I was like, oh, this guy was such a big loss for them. Let's go to an intriguing matchup here on Saturday in Columbus between the Terrapins and the Buckeyes. Maryland has generally played Ohio State pretty tough with Mike Loxley at the helm. This offense is pretty spectacular in terms of what they can do with two, uh, Talia at quarterback. Uh, they're laying, tw- uh, excuse me, they're getting 20 on the road. Is this Buckeyes team defensively elite the way they've shown so far in the first four weeks that they've played? And can they slow down this Maryland team enough to be able to win by this margin? Ohio State's defense is as good as advertised, but I feel the few, very, very, very few weaknesses that they have are things that Maryland can expose. Ohio State plays with five safeties on the field, and they trust their two inside linebackers to really handle everything. Uh, Maryland's running back in Roman Hemby. He can catch out of the backfield, and they also have who I feel not not the best tight end in the Big Ten, but the best receiving tight end in the Big Ten in Corey Deitches. Those two will be the key to winning the game. 
I understand Tolia is a gunslinger and he wants to chuck it and he's accurate and he's athletic and he has a big arm, et cetera, et cetera. You beat this team by using your tight end and running back who will be matched up with those two linebackers. If you play your cards right, if you throw the right formations out there, if you motion guys to the right place, you can get those linebackers in coverage. I, I don't see a situation where any Maryland wide receiver has an advantage over the Ohio State DBs. These guys are experienced. They're good. You have to exploit the linebackers in coverage, which is what Notre Dame did a decent job of in the second half when they started moving the ball. They just, you know, had 10 guys on the field at the end of the game. So that's what I would look for. Maryland may not be the high flying chuck the ball 50 yards every play team this Saturday. But if they can scale it back a little bit and be patient, there's some matchups over the middle that, that they can exploit. Do you have Penn State in the Ohio State-Michigan conversation, Brock? I have them above both of them right now. I will say this, though. The margin between Penn State and Michigan and Ohio State, who will say are tied. For, nah, I'll have Michigan to Ohio State three, just barely. I had it at a much larger gap going into last week. I wasn't very concerned with the lack of explosive plays on Penn State's offense. After that game against Northwestern, I'm officially very concerned. And if they're camp, well, they're they're on a bye, and then they have UMass, so th- th- there's really no 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 more tests for them before they get thrown back into the fire. Um, I'm concerned if Ohio State can show some explosivity on offense, if Kyle McCord can show, then maybe I'll throw them up there. But to answer your question, technically, I still have Penn State at number one in the Big Ten. Hey, Patrick, wow. I guess it, I guess it's five o'clock somewhere. I'm <laughs> saying Brock's drinking here. He's saying, he's hey, saying he's I'm just saying I don't uh, have Penn State I, above what, those two teams. I have one name for you. Abdul Carter, yeah. he was oh. number 11. And if you know anything about Penn State defense, he's that a dude. doesn't just hand out to anybody. And I will say this and call me as crazy as you want. He has the ability to be better than the last guy who wore number 11, who was tearing it up for the Dallas Cowboys. And I mean that with every wow. single syllable. I'll just say this. The guys that have wore 11 at Penn State, you mentioned Micah Parsons, LeVar Arrington. These are two absolute dudes. The LeVar Leap is still one of the greatest plays I've ever seen. Uh, We're going to have you back on to talk about that one at a later date. Brock Green, let me be your agent. I'll only take 8% (laughs) of your future deals. I'm going to be your agent, bro. Big Ten Network analyst, CBS Sports, that other pregame show. You can find everything Brock on Twitter, at Brock Vereen. Thanks, Brock. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate you. Anytime, guys. Thanks. Man, he is super, super talented. Another talented gentleman when we return, the mayor, Mike Palm, VP of Operations, Circa, the D, Golden Gate, joins us. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. 
Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 